0: Hi, This is Greg Rempy, host of the Barbecue Central Show, and you're listening to the Baseball and BBQ Podcast with your hosts, Jeff the Old Coop Cohen and Leonard Hollywood Aberman.
1: Baseball and BBQ on Long Island, New York. This is episode number 219 of Baseball and Barbecue. I'm Jeff the Oku Cohen, along with Leonard Hollywood Averman. And we welcome you back to our show. And Leonard, this is a special show.
2: It's a special episode 219. It is our very special annual. It's become a tradition. It is our Hall of Fame episode. Baseball Hall yes. of Fame.
1: Yes. Absolutely. This is who the baseball and BBQ team would put into the Hall of Fame. Now, Len, who do we have on?
2: John Vampitella, author John vanpatella He knows his baseball quite well. He joins us on our panel. And if you're missing barbecue, because just a little behind the curtains, there is not going to be barbecue on this show. But if you're missing barbecue, we've got Doug Scheiding, who is a champion pitmaster, knows his baseball. You know Doug. So there you go. There's there's the barbecue for the show.
1: Len, Len, let's a little, little secret. You did throw Doug a barbecue question in there.
2: Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I did.
1: Yeah. Oh, so there is
2: barbecue.
3: All right. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> all
2: right. Before we get started with our very special Hall of Fame episode, let me tell everybody that with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and information on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it is
1: where the game starts. And Leonard, how will we be starting
2: we're going to start with a very special i think we've said very special a, a, a very large amount of times with a very special hall of fame episode now this is the cooperstown hall of fame you know we should we should really make that clear because there is a new york state baseball hall of fame that everyone is yeah. now aware of right yes yeah
1: and if you keep listening you'll you'll we'll have a couple of those
2: interviews that's right so jeff We're going to go over the ballot. This is going to be an exciting one. Tell everyone, before we begin, if they disagree with uh, anything we say, which, (laughs) what else would be new, how they could get in touch with the show so that they can give their opinions.
1: Well, they can email us, baseballandbbq at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page, baseballandbbq. We have an Instagram account, Baseball and barbecue, where barbecue is all spelled out. You can go to our website, www.baseballandbbq.weebly.com, or you can either call us, 516 855 8214. Leave a message, we'll put it on the air. And then, whenever anybody goes to our website or downloads us on Apple or Spotify or whatever whatever podcasting apps you have, please rate, review, tell your friends, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I
2: get asked a lot, you know, when when are you coming out with a new episode? We always come out with this, an episode pretty much at the same time, same day. But if you subscribe, you won't even need to ask. You'll know. All right, Jeff, enough delay. Let's get right to it. John Van Patella, Doug Scheiding, you, me, a Hall of Fame ballot. Let's see what we've got. Baseball and barbecue listeners, wow, I cannot believe it is a year, but, you know, if people look forward to certain holidays, we look forward to this episode. This is our Hall of Fame episode, who will get in and who won't get in. Of course, we have no votes in it, but (laughs) we're very happy that everyone is joining us. Let me just introduce to you our esteemed panel. We have joining with us tonight, John Van Pitella. For anyone that may not be familiar with John Van Patella, shame on you, because he was a guest on episode 112, and he was a guest on episode 156. He wrote the book, The Forgotten Game, which is a great look at a specific game in Boston Red Sox history. He actually has a new book out now, which we're going to let him talk about. It's not baseball-related, but we still want him to promote the heck out of it. John, we're going to talk uh, more about what you do other than writing, but we're so glad you're joining us. You're extremely knowledgeable about the game the last time you were on. We said we got to have you back soon, and we're glad you're joining us. Yeah, our other I appreciate it, yeah. You are very welcome. And our other... I, I have to learn to stop talking so that I can let the guest say something our <laughs> other guest I don't even know if we call him a guest anymore but and he he is Doug he's gone rogue cooker shiding and uh Doug has been with us for the past two uh Hall of Fame episodes we value Doug's opinion as a pitmaster if you think what does a pitmaster know about barbecue uh, about barbecue about baseball you know yeah.
3: <laughs> <He
4: knows. laughs> some people some people question the barbecue as well but uh <laughs> but we're, we're
2: gonna see what he knows and of course we've got jeff i'm len and let's get to it welcome guys we're gonna start right away so we're gonna go through the list this is the 2024 baseball hall of fame ballot we already know one person who is getting into the Hall of Fame, and that is Jimmy Leland. Oh, nice. Right? John, do you have anything uh, you want to say about Jimmy Leland getting into the Hall of Fame?
0: Well, you know, what I remember about him so much is uh, that he led multiple teams. Uh, Everywhere he went, he seemed to be really successful. I remember him taking the Marlins team. Uh, I think that was the 97 team, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that he took them. And then he did a great job with the Tigers. And just he, whenever I hear the term, like he's a he's a true baseball guy. You know, like he's a guy that comes to mind because th- that guy just bleeds baseball. Obviously, he's got a you know great r- track record. I never know how to quantify managers exactly, but the guy was incredibly successful, won a ton, uh super happy for him, and uh I think well deserved.
2: I think with managers too, when, when, when a name comes up like a Tommy Lasorda, a Jim Leland, uh, a Lupinella, one of the w- Lupinella didn't get in, but one of these guys, and you just think to yourself, boy, he's in, he's been in baseball my whole life, his whole life. And you're right. That Jimmy Leland, you, y- I don't, th- I don't, I wonder if he's held a job outside of baseball. Be interesting to probably not. To, right. All right. So now let's we're going to start. I'm just going to I'm going to go down and Doug, we're going to start with you. The first name on the ballot is a holdover
4: from last year. His name is Bobby Abreu. Well, yeah, let's just start off with with an easy one here. Right. All right, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if this will be the most talked about, but it's going to be probably one of the top three, I think, tonight. So we t- we did have a pretty good discussion about him uh last year but uh bob i know Bobby Abreu from fantasy and you know fantasy baseball and that's that's really when i got into fantasy baseball it was about 2000 which which was uh kind of in in a little bit later in his career but uh he was still doing well so i mean he the phil, you know with Philadelphia uh Phillies i mean his war is pretty high He's, uh, you know, six kind of behind Bonds and Rodriguez and Helton and Jones and Roland, which are some pretty big names, you know, in terms of his on, on, uh, on base percentage, he's, he's like 13th behind some big names times on base. And uh, at first I thought he was a compiler and, and, and I think a lot of people think of him as a, as a compiler, there is some, some truth to that, but. He has some interesting stats, and I'll, I'll just give a couple. Six different seasons in which he walked 100 times um, while also scoring uh, 100 runs or more. And uh, in the history of baseball, there's only 14 players that have done that uh, besides Bonds. The other 12 are Hall of Famers, including Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, you know, Jim Tomei, etc. cetera. So I've got a couple of other, uh, uh, other stats, but I'll I'll wait till everyone else talks before I have to try to convince somebody.
2: <laughs> well, so are you? So just I'm are in. you? I'm in. On, say yes to Bobby Abreu. Okay. I am
0: saying yes to Bobby Abreu. John. Oh man, I, I got to follow this. So, so here's. I guess I better start <laughs> off with a little bit of philosophical discussion on whether you're a big hall or a small hall guy. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a smaller hall guy. Um, I think there's a whole bunch of guys who were terrific, terrific baseball players who I just wouldn't quite put it. They'd be in the hall of very, very good if such a thing existed. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where I feel like Abreu is. Obviously a terrific career. Uh, I think six times or something like that he was in the top 25 in MVP voting, uh, made a bunch of all-star teams. Uh, well, I guess he only made two of them. Uh, always felt like he was on the cusp of that. Never was considered you know, the best player in the game. Never was even in that conversation, really, which to me matters. And I was thinking the same thing you were going to say, Doug. My first thought when I think of Bobby Brady, he's a very good player for a very long time. Played 18 years, compiled a lot of stats. But then you look at his OBP, and it he had some unbelievable seasons in terms of on base percentage. And I can just think of, uh, I just recently watched the the Brad Pitt movie um, Moneyball again, and uh, where he's he's in the room with the scouts, and he says, "What what does he do? He gets on base." And and I just think, something. you know, do do we care how he gets on base? Nope. And this guy got on base a ton, which is why he scored a ton of runs. A highly productive career. I think I would just leave him short. I wouldn't cry in my milk if he got in, but I'm uh, he's he's just a a. Pick below. I'm like I'm only going to end up voting for like four or five of these guys. Just so you know. So, okay. um, so <laughs> my standards are pretty high, and I think he, I think he just misses the cut. He's definitely better than some guys in the hall, though. And this is where this is where we run into problems, right? Because he's <laughs> way better than Harold Baines ever was. Yeah. Well, that. And, and so. Yeah. So you can't, you know, it's like, do we, where do we, where do we, where do we, where do we draw the line, yeah. you know, comparing him to guys that are already in, he's definitely better than some guys in the hall right now, but I still wouldn't put him in. All right, Jeff.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, you know, I, I if you listen to last year's episode 163, I was on the fence and I was, I'm more of a smaller hall guy, but after listening to Bill Chuck last year, he kind of convinced me to vote for Bobby Abreu. And there was like, there were some stats that they were just wowed me that you didn't you didn't know. I mean, he's only one of two players with at least fourteen hundred runs scored, fourteen hundred uh, walks, thirteen hundred RBIs, and four hundred stolen bases. Only two, him and, and Barry Bonds. He, uh, one of eight players all time with eight seasons of hundred runs or more scored, three th- uh, six times three hundred batting average, nine times twenty or more home runs. All these stats that you go, well, you know what? He's really under underappreciated, and if if Harold Baines is like the Mendoza line of uh, of the uh, Hall of Fame. You know what? I, I last I I look you know, I know Len hates it when somebody votes one year and then takes them off the next year. So last year I voted for Obreu. So this year I'm gonna have to stick with that. And I, I do vote for Obreu.
2: Yeah, let me just say something to to what Jeff just said. That is very true. I really Do not like it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it when somebody votes somebody one year for the Hall of Fame and then the next year they're not. So if they had gotten in that year that they voted for them, because when you're voting for them, you're obviously hoping they get in. They'd be in the Hall of Fame. So now you're saying they're no longer Hall of Famers. How does did, did their stats change? Did they did they all of a sudden get less RBIs, less home runs, less. So, again. If they're a Hall of Famer, they're a Hall of Famer. However, I do think that if I don't vote for someone for the Hall of Fame, and then over the year I reconsider, that's different. But I'm not taking someone out. So I also will say that Bobby Abreu, I think Bill Chuck convinced me last year as well, is a Hall of Famer. But I see John too.
0: already, huh? Well no, let <laughs> that is how let's this is gonna go. Okay. Let me
4: let me just try to, to, to say a couple <laughs> of, uh, more things, John. So and and maybe we can convince you. Okay. So of right fielders, and if I this is based on uh the Jaws, uh, you know, trying to take out the you know the old timers and you know with the, the higher war, etc. He is about average uh in terms of the hall of famer. So there's 14 above him and 13 below him. He was also in the the PED uh, era. He played in the PED era. So I think, you know, he was lost a little bit in terms of the other players. And let me, I found this one tonight, and I think this is great. Remarkable comparison between Abreu and another left-handed swinging right fielder, the late Hall of Famer, Tony Gwynn. Abreu reached base by hit, walk, or hit by pitch 3,979 times, 10,081 career plate appearances. Gwyn had 3,955 less and 10,232 career plate appearances. So pretty much the same. The on-base percentage for Abreu was 0.395. Gwyn was 0.388. And I'd say Tony Hmm. Gwynn is considered to be one of the most and best hitters in baseball. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. All true. I, you know, I think we could take up the whole show on a uh, <laughs> great, great points. And like I said, I'm certainly not going to cry in my milk if, uh, if he, if he gets in on the flip side, I would look at it and say, you know, only five times in his career, in his 18 year career, did he have more than 5.8 wins above replacement. So he was never, he was, he was always good and he was good for a long time, but he was never great. You know what I mean? Like he was never, like you never thought of him as I'm watching one of the best players ever to play. And that's totally a subjective perspective, right? The data is what it is, but that's a totally subjective view. I understand that. Um, But when when I look, I think, you know, when I think of the great, great players, they have at least a few seasons in there where they're... Wins above replacement. I don't even like pronouncing war. I just is it war? War? I don't even know how you're supposed to pronounce it. (laughs) What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Say it again. I think it's I think it's helpful, but it, but it's like it's not he was he just all those guys typically have a few seasons where that number is really high. And he just never had it. So he was always really good, but never like blew you away. And maybe that's just me underappreciating him. That might be a totally fair criticism. But hey, like I said, if if we're going best 3 out of 4 here and as a group we end up voting him in, I can live with it. Let's put it that way.
2: You, you know what I like about John? I could see already. He's not going to give in to peer pressure. <laughs> he's
3: <laughs> not. That's
0: not. Important. Yeah,
2: yes. that's important. We're go, we're going to move on to the next player, but I just wanted to Doug you mentioned something and I want to I I want to bring this up because many years ago I thought Compilers should not be Hall of Famers until I fully grasped what it takes to be a compiler, to play every day, to be in there year after year after year. Not easy. And as we're going to see, there are some players on this list that, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances, did not get to play a, a career, a full career where they do make the Hall of Fame. So you mentioned compilers, Doug what's your, what is your feeling on compilers? And then I want to get John's feelings on that too. And Jeff also,
4: well, I think we, we need to, to, to look at it from the standpoint of, and, you know, if you look at his total war, it's, 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 you know, pretty high. It's about 60 or so in his, but, you know, to John's point, his war of, uh, seven, you know, seven years actually moves him up on the list and he goes up above a couple of hall Hall of famers. So I think, and and you're right. There's going to be one other uh, player that we talk about that uh, had a lot of injuries, but uh, is still a good candidate for the for the Hall of Fame. And I think some people are blessed, and and we can take that into account. And and one of the 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 people is Bobby Abreu. He had 18 really good years, and he didn't slide off quite a bit after you know turning 30, 31, etc. So he was still he was still doing well. So, um, John, what do you think? Of, what I'm sorry, Doug.
0: What, yeah, no, John, no, go ahead. What
4: what do you think about compilers in the Hall
2: of Fame?
0: Yeah, I don't when I talked about that it wasn't uh, pejorative at all. Um I, you know, I think the best ability in any sport is availability and the guy played a ton of games over a long period of time and that's worth, worth its weight in gold. And so incredibly reliable. It's kind of like uh, to me it's kind of like the Eli Manning uh, of football. Like Eli was never like great great great, but he was pretty good and he never missed a game for almost his whole career. And so when you when you play day in, day out for 18 years, like Abreu did, you're going to put up some good numbers, and that has a ton of value over the course of a career. So there's definitely a good argument to be made uh, for him, no doubt about that. And, and so compilers I don't necessarily have a problem with in general, but I do think at some point I want to see that that they at least had a couple of seasons that were elite, and he just never quite had that. He had he had some good, really good seasons, but but not elite seasons was just always, you know, good.
2: Okay. All right. We'll get back to Jeff on compilers. Cause I want to move on. John Jose Bautista.
0: Bond player. Love the bat flip. A lot of people had a problem with that. I loved it. I thought it was great in that moment. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Good player. Had a nice career. I don't think sniffs the hall of fame. Um, I don't think he'll get much by way of votes. You know, it, He did have a couple of elite seasons, for sure, three or four of them, but uh, I don't think there's nearly enough there in the resume for him to make the Hall of Fame. Doug,
2: Jose
4: Bautista.
0: The bat flip is legendary. Didn't he also uh, get
4: in an altercation one time? It was a recipient of a punch and stuff. Those are kind of. Yeah. Yeah. One of the top three uh, recipients of punches of all time as well. (laughs) So, but uh, you know, this is the hall of fame and, and uh, you know, looking at the hall of fame for uh, again, right fielders, you know, Bobby Abreu was 14 and 13. Uh, Jose Batista is 25 ahead of him and only two behind him. All right, Jeff. No.
2: No. Okay, there you go. The bat flip is in, but he's not.
1: <laughs> the only good thing from that bat flip, from that bat, bat flip game, is that we had three people associated with that game on our podcast: Kenny Albert, John Gibbons, and Dale Scott. That's the Gibby. <laughs> ah, <right.
2: laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah.
1: Let's move on.
2: Adrian Beltray. Oh wait, no. I'm sorry. I I apologize because I'm going in order. For those keeping score at home, Carlos Beltran. It's a good
4: one. I'm sorry. Was Doug, let's start with you. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're going to start with us. Oh, we're not gonna... I love Carlos Beltrán, you know. And being Mets fans, everybody should love Carlos Beltrán for the for the uh for the non-chalk on the uh, the third base hit that he had. I have a problem with with his the only player named in the report with regard to the Astros and the the sign stealing. And so I think it was an interview with The Athletic. He vehemently denied having a part of that and basically just lied about it. And so I actually think that affects his character. And so I would vote no. Okay. Although I think for statistically, he's a Hall of Famer.
2: 100% yes or 100% no. No, no, God. no, 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 no,
4: <laughs> no. It, 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 this, all, is, this is it not say, uh, wrong uh, wrong uh, show uh, for that, Len. <laughs> <laughs> but I would go no in this case. All right. Because I'm no. I'm,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah. It was a it
0: was a yes, but then it became no. All right. John, what about you? The sign stealing stuff is an issue, but I'm I'm gonna reveal myself later and you'll see why as being hypocritical on that. So I'm just coming out and telling you that right off the bat to kind of in in the in the radio world that's called a teaser. So you'll you'll get that. <laughs> yeah, um right.
2: we're being teased on our own show. Wow. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so the You know, when we talk about Abreu, and I look at Beltran, I kind of have the reverse view. Like Beltran had a couple of really elite years. Um, I mean, he was phenomenal in two thousand six. He was phenomenal in uh, two thousand eight. It just just was awesome. You know, at times, and it was a terrific postseason player, if I remember that correctly. He 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 just was a was a was a tremendous baseball player, and a lot of his career stats. Uh, hold up really well, you know, in terms of compiling 435 career homers, 1587 RBI. So he did a lot, finished uh, top 10 MVP a couple of times. Um, there's a lot to like. I, I, I can see the case for him. I'm going to say no as well. Um, and, and the sign stealing thing to me is also an issue. But like I said, I'm going to be
1: hypocritical about that later, but um, I'm going to vote no on him.
0: Okay.
1: Great point. Jeff? And I have my own personal biases against Carlos Beltran. He signed with the Mets after uh, giving himself a chance to sign with the Yankees. So you know what? He went to the Mets saying, "Okay, I'll, I'll sign. Well, let me see if I can get more from the Yankees. And that didn't work out. So he had to come begging back to the Mets. But also, he had six and a half years with the Mets. And while John said two of those years was phenomenal, and they were, he really was only good three and a half years. The other years, the first year really stunk. And the second and the two other years, he just wasn't on the field a lot. He did well when he went, went away uh, from the Mets. And when, you know, he but the sign stealing again for me, that's a no. I'm sorry. He uh, just doesn't pass the smell test for me. And, and I tell you, last year he got 46.5% of the vote. And no matter how we vote, I don't think he's going to get in, in this year.
2: Okay. You know what? I agree with Doug. Stat-wise, I'd put him in. I think his stats are are up there. But he he is tainted. That that scandal definitely tainted him. And so I would say no as well.
4: So I would keep him out. So we're all agreed on that. Okay. Agreed on that. He, and he's actually number nine on the list in, in Jaws, and seven of those nine ahead of him are Hall of Famers, and there's 12 below him. So um, there's definitely the case to be made from a play, player standpoint.
2: All right. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this. You Tell us uh, your thoughts on Adrian Beltray.
1: He is walking into the Hall of Fame. Mine my, my is yes to Adrian Beltray. He was a terrific player. In the MVP discussion, you know, like six, seven, eight years, over 3,000 hits. He, uh, he he did down from team to team Texas of uh, eight years, Dodgers seven, Seattle for five, and and Boston for one. But he's a four-time Silver Slugger, four-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove. He's in for me. John? Uh, one of the easiest calls on the ballot, uh,
0: totally in. Uh, and he only played for the Red Sox for one year, but man, he was a blast to watch. Uh, just every, I like everything about the guy. Um, just a fun player to to watch play the game. He was great. This is one of the easiest calls on the whole ballot. He's he should be a a, a total first ballot lock.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I agree, Doug.
4: Yeah, I'm 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 with you on this. I mean, Adrian Beltre is in the list of of uh, third basemen. The other, he's number four, and the other three are ahead of him are Hall of Famers, and and there's fourteen below him. So even for those that don't, you know, have get the, you know, the vote, don't vote for everyone on their first ballot, et cetera. And that's, you know, they hold that either you're a Hall of Famer or not. Adrian Beltray is a Hall of Famer, and he should go in on the first ballot.
2: Okay. Now there are there are definitely some that. Do not warrant a discussion. I think you guys will agree with me. However, they are on the ballot for, you know, another year. They're holdovers. And that is Mark Burley. uh, or I'm saying his name wrong, Burley. But however you say his name, I say no. All right, John, what do you say?
0: Really good pitcher. No. Doug? My
4: heart says yes. Seeing he was on my fantasy team for many years, he's pitched a perfect game. I, I was reading tonight that he actually, you know, pitched the perfect game, and he pitched another like five and two thirds innings the next next time. So he, he, you know, he is he is he is also another definition of of the compiler, but uh, his stats are just not not uh, high enough to to uh, to get him in. I think you know. So his ERA is uh, is like three eight, I believe. Three eight one, yeah. Three eight one. So you know, as Bill Chuck would say, that would that's that's way out of the league. Yeah. And Jeff, you are agree- agreeing.
1: You know what, Mark Breland can pitch for my team, but he's not a Hall of Famer. The yeah. guy went out and pitched two hundred innings every single season. Absolutely, the guy you can count on. Uh, but he is not a Hall of Famer. No. Yeah. Nothing wrong.
2: The career he had, the fact that he's a carryover on the ballot. Nothing wrong with that, but he's not a Hall of Famer.
0: I mean, every every kid who ever dreamt of playing in the major leagues and pitching would kill to have his career. Yeah, Yes. But he, he's Absolutely. just not a Hall of Famer, that's all.
2: All right, speaking of pitchers who are compilers, but uh, this one is near and dear to our heart as Mets fans. We have Big Sexy, and that is Bartolo Colon. John, start us off.
0: Oh, man, th- th- this has got to be one of the most... Loved players in baseball history. Uh, everybody loves the guy. He uh, he's so fun. You know, when he hit the home run, that was crazy. Um, you know, so many great things he brought to the game. Um, but not just a compiler. Four times in his career, he was top six, Cy Young. So he and he won it once. So he he at times was considered among the very, very best in the sport. So he did both. And in today's day and age, when you look at pitchers who I don't know how many are going to get to even 200 wins for him to have 247 is an awful lot, but yeah. you know, his ERA was a career at four 4.12. That's pretty high. Didn't strike out a lot of guys over the course of his career. So I think he falls short, but another one of those guys who, you know, when you call up a guy from the minor leagues, if you were to be told this guy's going to have Bartolo Colon's career, you would take that a
1: hundred times out of a hundred. Jeff, that home run should be in the hall of fame uh how about the catch behind the back that that too that too yeah although exactly. uh he he does have a uh, he was suspended for peds one year
2: yes he missed 2010
1: for yeah. peds yeah so um not that 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 would that would sway my vote he uh he he's a great player not a of Fame. doug
4: yeah the p the PED and uh yeah, if we if uh, doesn't get in, uh, Bartolo Colon definitely doesn't get in because uh, uh, Burley had had much better stats in my mind. So and and no one, I think uh, no pitcher has a has an ERA above three uh, five or so in the in the Hall of Fame. And so four point two one is is not in the right. Uh, it's not in the ballpark. All right, let's move on to Adrian Gonzalez. So I, I looked at uh Adrian Gonzalez and uh uh match you know, I first looked at how he compared to other first basemen in uh and there's 25 Hall of Famers above him and, and six below him. So he's kind of on the on the bottom end of, of that uh argument, I'd say his you know his war is four thirty five, but it, you know batting average two eighty seven OPS was was uh eight forty-three, 5 all stars. So He's he's to me he, the uh, four gold gloves who you know good defensive player. He's he's a he's a good to great player, but not a Hall of Fame player. So I would have to go no. John,
0: yeah, again the Hall of very good. Uh, again, you'd be happy with him as your first baseman for a long, long time. Um, but there's so many great first basemen, and he just falls short of that group. Jeff,
1: yeah, again, uh, not a Hall of Famer, but. I did not know this till so looking it up. He was top 20 MVP candidate eight times. Eight times in 15 years. Not too bad. Uh, very good player, not a Hall of Fame.
2: You know, when you look at all these guys, because to be in the Hall of Fame, to be on the ballot, you have to play the game for at least 10 years. Not easy. We, we've had people on, you know, that have had a cup of coffee in, in the majors. You know, we've had a, an author wrote a book all about cup of coffee. All these players that have one at bat, one game, these players have 10 years. So all of these players that are on this ho- ballot are very good. It's, you know, it's who's the best. So, all right, we got uh, Adrian Gonzalez is a no. All right, here we go. Here's a holdover. And here's, I, I'm sure there might be some discussion with this one. Todd Helton. Let's go to John.
0: I think this is uh, this is a hard one. He, uh, at his peak, was... You know, ridiculously good. You have to take into account the cores effect, right? So he p- played his whole career in Colorado, um, hit much better at home than on the road, as a lot of those guys did. <clears throat> so, our, how much of his production is due to where he played? I think he would have been a really, really good player anywhere, but obviously his stats are inflated uh, from cores. But what stats? 2000, uh, he hit 42 homers, 147 RBI, had a 1.162 OPS. That's crazy. The next year, even better, 49 homers, 146 RBI, you know, uh, OPS of 1.116. Just, you know, he put up pretty staggering stats for a number of years, but this is a little bit the opposite of Compiler. I don't know that his overall body of work is enough. And I do think the core's effect. Is something I have to consider. You know how how much did that affect his numbers? Terrific, terrific player. And another one of these, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too upset if he got in, but I think he falls a little short. Keep in mind, I'm a small hall guy, so some of these guys that you guys are probably like, oh man, he's good enough. I'm like, yeah,
1: I have a little higher standard than that. Jeff, you know, last year he got was it 60 on the ballot? Well, this year 60 on the ballot? Either way, last year he got 72.2 percent, so he's really close. You know, uh, I, I think I'm convinced that Todd Helton is, is a Hall of Famer. I'm looking at his splits. And, yes, he batted much better at home in core field where he had a 345 batting average. But away, he, he was two eighty-seven. So it's, I mean, you know, that's close enough to 300 for me, I guess. Uh, so he's a terrific player both, uh, you know, in cores and, and away from cores. Total bases was, what, over 4,000? I think uh, he is definitely, yeah, 4,292 uh Total bases, OPS was nine fifty three. So I, I think he's. Uh, I, I I tend to uh, put him in. I'd like to see uh Todd Helton go into the whole thing.
2: Yeah, I'm. A, I'm of the uh, Todd Helton getting in. I can't remember if I voted for him last year, but I know yes. I'm not keeping. I did. Okay. Well, I vote for him again. So, not a hundred percent agreed on that. But well,
1: uh, Doug, Doug, Doug.
2: Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I left Doug out. I apologize. See, that's why I can't go to Jeff next. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Doug,
2: I'm the worst being a moderator.
4: Go ahead. No problem. Yeah, I, Todd Helton. When I went to Coors Field and I saw the the Rockies play, who was the one player I went? I wanted to see Todd Helton. Um, so you know he he fit that that type. I would be have been disappointed if he if he wouldn't have played 345 at home, 287 at, at uh on the road. So we can't fault him. In fact, he should be lauded for playing for the same team for what 16 years. So I think you can't hold that because like I said last year, are we going to hold it against Judge for for the short field and right field for, you know, home runs etc when he comes
0: up? Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, that <laughs> but, he's a Yankee, we hold everything against him exactly. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know.
4: So, but all right, if you look at the uh, and I'm again, I'm gonna pull up the jaws, he's actually above the average of the 24 first base Hall of Famers at that position. So, his 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 war and jaws are uh, higher than the average, and the only what he's number 15, the only players. Above him that are not in Rafael Palmero for obvious reasons, Vado, Cabrera, and Pool Holes. Everybody else is in above him. And and there's what uh there are 20 people below him. So there's 10 above, 20 below. Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer. Okay. I think yeah. he's
0: gonna get in anyway. I think he's gonna he's gonna make it this year. Right. So you'll yeah, all be happy. I think so too.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right let's go to the man
2: who uh his name is synonymous with vacation that's matt holiday let's go to jeff let's start with you we'll go jeff doug john how's that
1: okay matt holiday i was had to think about this one uh, a while i mean he is a terrific player played for four teams i believe the uh rockies and the Cardinals most notably as a cardinal i think he played eight years for the cardinals and six years for the rockies i know he had spent the time in, in in yankee stadium he was a terrific player, over 300 home runs batting average 299 for career so that's very they're very important to me ops uh 889 very high you know what this is his first year on the ballot i i'm gonna vote for matt holiday into in the Hall of Fame. i think he uh has done enough I think he was a, a very, very good player. I think he he deserves a place in the Hall of Fame. Doug Matt Holliday is. I definitely agree that he's a, a
4: good player. His he had two thousand hits, seven time All Stars. You know, seven times was in the the MVP. But when I looked him up and compared him to other Hall of Famers, you know, left field Hall of Famers, seventeen were above and four were behind, and. The six right above him were not Hall of Famers. His wars, you know, forty-four. So if you know, if you take that into account, to me, I just I think he's he's the very
0: great, very good,
4: not a Hall of Famer. So I would have to vote no. John,
0: yeah, I I agree with Doug on this one. You know what I like about him is he was really good. He was a, a legit MVP candidate for two different teams, and you know so. He he just was great wherever he went, basically. And, uh, you know, had a couple of really, really nice top seasons. So he he did it for a long period of time, and he did it at an elite level. Hall of very, very good. Not quite the Hall of Fame.
2: And I'm going to agree with Doug and John on this one. Same thing. Okay, let's move on then. And we're going to start, Doug, we're going to start with you. Uh, this one, well, I don't know. He's He is a holdover on the ballot, so if you want to give it to some discussion but tory hunter
4: Tory hunter i am going to apologize to you Lynn, and i'm also going to apologize to the baseball nation out there but i'm changing my vote oh i last year i argued for tory hunter with his nine gold gloves etc but uh after doing a little more research this year, there are other players out there that have ten and higher uh, gold gloves that are not in the game. I so I was I was giving perhaps a little too much uh, credit for his defensive uh, ability. Um, obviously, five All Star games, two Silver Sluggers. I actually think when I went and looked and compared him this year, that's my comparison. He he's he's got fifteen hall of famers above him and 20 non hall of famers above him that that are that aren't in the hall so i have to say no this year john
0: yeah yeah he's i love his defense i i never know what to think about gold gloves because when late in his career Derek jeter was still winning gold gloves that really soured me on what gold glove really means and, and i think palmero even got a gold glove at first base one time for it only played a dozen games at first or something ridiculous like that and so that that you know it's kind of like pro bowls in the nfl it, it, when a person makes the pro bowl because five other people decided not to play in it hey you know it's you know they're not really a pro bowler but when it comes to hall of fame you can look at that and go hey he's a seven time pro bowler oh that matters being a being a gold glover doesn't carry the same weight with me but we all know in real in real life he was really good uh, at you know at the defensive side of, of the game. So I like him as a player and he did everything. He hit for pretty decent power, um, had a few years where he hit for high average, could steal some bases for you. Just a great overall
1: player, but I
0: think he definitely falls short of the hall of fame.
1: Jeff. Yeah, and also for me, he also falls short. Yeah, I'd love to have him on your team. Terrific right. player, but not not Hall of Fame worthy with it's only 277 batting average. OPS is uh, seven ninety three, so he didn't get eight hundred. Very good player, just not just full short for the Hall of Fame. And this is uh, his fourth time on the ballot. Or uh, he, last year he got six point nine percent. He's not making it this year, no matter what. Right?
2: Does he get the five percent to stay on the ballot?
1: That he might.
2: Yeah. Okay. A very good player, Hall of very good. I like the way he spells his first name. It's really cool. Two eyes. That's cool. But no. I do not put Tory Hunter in the Hall of Fame. All right. And we move on. And here's one. Met fans probably are not a big fan of this guy, but Andrew Jones. And we're going to start with John.
0: So, um, on my list, I've got some guys. I printed off the, the the ballot. I put some check marks next to guys that I definitely vote for. I put some question marks next to guys who I'm like, "Man, this is a tough call." I and mean, then I left a bunch blank. He is one of these question marks. So many good things about his candidacy. Um, Obviously, I just talked about gold gloves, but like Hunter, we knew that he was elite in the field. And he hit for tons of power, especially for a center fielder, had several elite seasons. But, you know, he had a drop-off at the end of his career, and a lot of that was injury-related. But, like, even in 2010 when he was 33, in only 328 at-bats, he still had 19 homers. Uh, had a 120 OPS plus. So he he was still good at the end of his career. He just wasn't elite level. This is, this is probably the hardest call for me on the entire ballot. <clears throat> and so this is one of these I'm going to go with my gut and say when he, for a good chunk of his career, in my mind, he was one of the very best players in the sport, regardless of position. And when I think of Hall of Famer, I think was a guy that. And to me, he was so even though I'm in a, I'm a small hall guy. I think as a player, he was a hall of fame player. I think he was that good. So I would vote him in.
4: Okay. Doug. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with John from the standpoint of his, his stats look like he is a hall of fame player. So um, the one, you know, tick that he that you know nick that he does have is his batting average was 254 but you know like you say he faded with uh with age and and injury and you know i loved watching him on uh tv and watching him scale the center field fence and and getting uh, you know just like tory hunter but uh 10 gold gloves etc but as we all know he got arrested for domestic violence and that's a problem that uh in twenty in twenty twelve, actually, on Chris on uh, during the Christmas holiday, so that would actually trump anything else. So I would say no, Jeff.
1: I I didn't know, know what to think about the Gold Glove as, as but, but John really made it clear. But this in this in this instance, Gold Glove meant something because Andrew Jones was a hell of a uh, t- defensive play. The ball is hit out the center field anywhere in he's getting that ball. There was no no doubt about it. He has some really good black ink on his baseball reference page, multiple time uh, in the MVP discussion, rookie of the year. Who can forget his first postseason against the Yankees in 96, hitting those home runs at 19 years old. I just don't think he's did it long enough. Uh, He he was a terrific player for and he didn't leave 17 years. It just didn't do it long enough for me. So I'm going to want to vote no for Andrew Jones. And I did not know about his uh, domestic violence. So that that was
2: news to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know about the domestic violence either. And I just know that as as a fan of the Mets, whenever Andrew Jones came to the plate, whenever Andrew Jones faced the Mets, I I hated it. I mean, he was the one of the players that you just you did not want to face.
1: And last year he got 58.1 percent. He's trending the right way. Yeah, Gold
2: Gloves, four hundred thirty-four home runs. I'm I'm going to side with John in this one and uh, say yes on him. So we are split. We've got a uh, a split vote on this.
4: If we John, if you were we, yes. John, you were yes. I was.
1: John was a yes. Okay.
2: John's a yes. So we'll move on. Victor Martinez.
1: I think oh. this is a very easy discussion. Yeah. Good. A no for me. I don't know if we need yeah. need to get into a, right. a big discussion on it. I mean exactly. Two, uh, I you know, agree. Right? He, but he did hit 295 for a career, but also I think uh, he missed all of 2012. I'm wondering if that's a PED thing. I have no evidence either way. I just don't know. Just it looks blank. It doesn't say it was injury, so who knows? But uh, I, I don't think he was a Hall of Fame player. I, I, I just using this the, the smell test or the sight test. Not for me.
0: Okay, John.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not a Hall of Famer.
0: Hey, Doug.
4: Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, he does, his some of his stats like uh, OPS, RBI, uh, et cetera, are uh, below the the average, you know, for Hall of Famers. So yeah, and you know, he as a DH, you're supposed to be spectacular as a DH. I would think.
2: All right, this the the next one. I'm going to start right away. Joe Mauer. I'm not going to give stats or anything. I'm just going to tell you, I'm a yes. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Now we'll start. Doug, you want to take this, Joe Mauer? Uh, Joe, I like
4: the way you're, uh, you just start off that way. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to lean with you on this. So in, in terms of looking at other catchers that are in the hall of fame, also he's number seven from a jaws list and all six of them are in the hall of fame and he won an MVP as a catcher, which to me is just uh, amazing. So I, I would actually say yes to him being in the hall of fame.
2: He has three batting titles. He's one of the best hitting catchers. John, what about you?
0: Yeah, I like him. I think he was a great player. Um, and not just winning the MVP once. He was top 10 four times uh, in a five-year stretch. He was, you know, when you when you think of, was this guy among the best players in the sport? He he easily was a yes for, for a good stretch of his career. He doesn't have the, the compiled stats, like not a not a ton of power, but just a great hitter, great baseball player. Uh, I I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, that's what Jeff. Jeff we're going to get to you. Just I want to say yes. If you if there was a negative on Joe Mauer, it is his power numbers. He does not have as many home runs as you would like. But anyway, Jeff, go ahead.
1: I'm going to do the Len Aberman succinct – Explanation? And just go. Yes, he's in all He's definitely hall of fame.
2: All right, I like that.
1: All right, next. This is
2: this one will bring up PEDs. I think because if it wasn't for PEDs, I would put him in. I think he was one of the best left-handed pitchers that I've seen, and that's Andy Pettit. John, let's start with you. I'm going to get this by
0: the end. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it the order doesn't really matter. Um, the this is another one of those difficult ones for me the PEDs matter we'll get to that more later with some of these other guys he was top five top six Cy Young one two three four five times great postseason you know clutch guy nothing was more infuriating as a Red Sox fan than watching this guy just throw that little cutter on the inside and you know to right handers and a little change up away and you know he Two guys would get on base, then he'd get out of the inning, and he'd walk away, and like, how is this guy? Like, how are we not hammering this guy? And But he was like that all the time. Pitched great in his two stints for the Yankees. I I, I think some of his numbers aren't great. Didn't strike out many guys. And his ERA was pretty high, you know, for talking Hall of Fame. 3.85 career, hall of, career ERA. In not, the
2: American not, League, not, though, John.
0: Yep, yep. It all matters. Uh, well, he had three years in Houston, but yes. But he also had some great years where he was – elite in terms of ERA, Ah, this is so hard. Um, To me, the PED issue, I think, I think keeps him out for me. But again, we're going to come to that because I'm going to go against that later. But, and I'll explain why later. I just don't think he quite, when you factor that in, and then you put it, put his other numbers in there. I don't think he quite measures up. Like for me, if it's a PED guy, he better be, ridiculously good and i don't think he was ridiculously good he was really good but not ridiculously good i know it's such a fine you know (laughs) line totally subjective i get it
2: this is audio people don't see doug is just like rolling back and laughing and (laughs) jeff is laughing so doug say your
4: piece and and yeah absolutely that was actually the second tease by as you say in the industry john so yes um I yeah I agree. 3.85 ERA. That's 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 too high. I loved when he looked over the his glove, you know, at the catcher and in the pot. You know, some of some of you know unfortunately uh, not being a yankee fan but some of you know my favorite moments are when he was pitching in the postseason and he's got what 19 wins you know most wins but that was partially because you know he had the most opportunity as well most strikeouts in the postseason so those are all pluses but um you know and he is probably one, the one player that I would have let slide on the PEDs from the standpoint of because you know in in his Estimation, He was using it to help recover from injury faster and not necessarily, per, you know, the performance on the field um, and taking it while he was on the field. So but in the end, he he did take it. So um, I would still have to say no. Jeff,
1: I, I don't hate him as a Yankee pitcher. I mean, he was a fine Yankee pitcher. But looking at his stats, I had no idea that his ERA as a New York Yankee was three point nine four. That surprised me. I mean, you know, he definitely was clutch. I know he had all those postseason opportunities, but three point nine four ERA—that's that, that's high. Overall, it was a three point eight five. He just just look, no, no. He doesn't have that much black ink on his uh on on his baseball reference page. I don't see it. The only thing he has right. black ink for black ink for his game starts. So he's been a, a very good pitcher, but not not a Hall of Famer. I know
2: that I'm not going to be able to convince any of you, but when wins mattered, wins and losses mattered, he pitched during that time. His win-loss record was 256 wins, 153 losses. Now, I know he played for the Yankees, so people could say, well, that was skewed or whatever, and lots of offense. But with the PEDs, I agree with Doug, because he's the one guy... I might let slide because he was honest about it. He came out. He said, look, I did it. I was trying to recover from an injury. You know, he didn't try to hide it. And I I really, I believe him, you know, and I know he did them. So anyway, I know I'm not going to convince you, but I, I still, I think Andy Pettit should be in the hall of fame.
1: Say if Mike Messina's in the hall of fame, then you got to consider Andy Pettit, but I don't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Here's one that uh, maybe we'll go quickly past. Uh, that's Brandon Phillips. Uh, John, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah, no, that's an easy. No,
4: right, Doug. Even though his wife, you know, what is uh, WWE and uh, <laughs> a wrestler, and he's obviously uh, uh, pretty pretty stout for uh, that, and and also. I I totally agree 275 average 2 749, 74951 uh average so um he may be more known for his his marriage than than his his baseball prowess but uh I would have to go no
1: okay hey, Jeff even though he's the owner of the Texas smoke which which features Eliz- Elizabeth oh. Mason on, on on the team he is uh he's uh, no he's on Hall of Fame. <laughs>
2: Doug, you didn't know that one, huh?
4: Did not know that dad gummit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why he's the old coot. Uh, all right. And Elizabeth too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. So we go from Brandon Phillips to here's one. That's just, he's just being him. It's Manny being Manny. And that's Manny Ramirez. John, let's start with you.
0: All right, the tease is over. Um, So so my philosophy uh, on this has changed over the last few years. I used to be a diehard PED, no way, you know, kind of an automatic. And then I started thinking about Clemens and Bonds in particular. And I just thought, but those guys were so good, so ridiculously, ridiculously, ridiculously good that – you know, obviously PEDs. You got to believe helps these players, but I, I they were so good that I think even without them, they were Hall of Famers easily, easily. You know Barry Bonds had a had a Hall of Fame career before he you know was it 1998 is when he allegedly started. I mean he had a, he had a no doubter first ballot inner circle Hall of Fame career before that even started. So, yes, he took him, and that inflates his overall numbers. But his overall numbers are so absurd that you could whack out that chunk of his career, and he's still a no-doubt Hall of Famer. So so my philosophy on these guys has changed, and I think, I think if they're that good, you put them in, and then you just put on their busts, you know, you just put, hey, you know, was cited for PED, you know, use or whatever. And so when you're going through, you know, Cooperstown – and you see them, oh, you know, here's this player, you know, these ridiculous numbers was a X-time Hall's star and MVP. Oh, but he did steroids. And then let the fan make their own judgment about that. Pettit is different <clears throat> because Pettit, his whole body of work wasn't this otherworldly thing. Manny Ramirez's was. You just look at his numbers and they are, I mean, he's easily one of the greatest right-handed hitters in the history of the sport. That's, that's inarguable. How much did PEDs make him that? I don't know. But because his numbers were so ridiculously good, I'm going I would say he, he's a Hall of Famer. And he obviously had some legendary moments, you know, helped uh, win a couple of World Series, you know, consistently top 10 MVP, just you know, an elite baseball player, and I think he should be in. Just make the note that he did PED so the fans can understand a little bit of the context, but he was he was that good. Doug.
4: Yeah, he's you know his his stats are um are up there and uh but even if you give him the give him the uh the rain check on once, he did it twice and got busted twice. So um he was knowingly doing it, and if I was another player even on the team we're playing at that time, I would have serious problems. So
1: because he got, especially because he got busted twice, I would have to still say no. Jeff. Manny Ramirez was one of the greatest players I've ever seen play. Cleveland. He was fantastic. Boston. He was fantastic. Loved his antics, you know, goes into the green monster, you know, in between innings or whatever, pitching change uh, MVP, you know, top 10, you know, what half dozen times more than, he was a terrific player. But I, I can't get past the PEDs. I just can't. And that goes through Bobby uh, Barry Bond and, and Roger Clemens too. I just can't understand. I know and I know what John is saying, but they were so good they didn't need to take it and they did anyway. So that that that, that that's something for me. And I I just I, I can't bring myself to vote for Manny Ramirez. Len? Ah, John, I
2: think you 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 made, you, I don't know, you converted me, but you definitely are making me think. I like what you're saying about having a career that's so incredible if they're PED users. But in Manny's case, he got busted, like Jeff said, and then he got busted again. And, you know, and who knows how many times he was using throughout his career where he didn't get busted. I, I've got to stick to what I originally said, which is that I would not put Manny Ramirez in, but his stats, he is one of the greatest players that I've ever seen play, but okay. So that's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting. And I hold on. Well, last
1: year he got 33.2%. So I don't see him going in this year. Yeah. I don't and think th- he's
0: going to end up getting in at all. I think, I think, um, I think what you guys said will be the view of most voters. And so I don't think he's ever going to get in. So I think you guys will win that one. The Manny being Manny, um, I understand that.
4: But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, we've got a – there's a line there. Yeah.
2: All right. Here's here's one uh, that might be a near and dear to Jeff's heart. So I'm going to let Jeff start with this. And that, Jose, that is Jose.
1: Jose, Jose, Jose. Everybody. Jose,
2: Jose, Jose. Jose, Jose, John, you didn't do it. We got to do it again. <laughs>
1: Uh, sorry, guys. Jose Reyes. He was one of the most dynamic players I ever seen coming up to the Mets when he was age twenty to like 26, 27 years old. He was led the league in triples when triples meant something. I mean, he stolen bases, at bats. He was he was a a, a led the league in batting one year, three thirty seven. But then he leaves the Mets, and it goes all downhill. I mean, he just. <laughs> Was never the same player. Uh, and he has that domestic violence uh, stink on, on him as well. He he was just a terrific player for, uh, in his 20s. But once he got, once he left the Mets, he was just not the same. Bounced around Miami, Toronto, Colorado, back to the Mets. Ethan, though for me. Doug?
4: Yeah, he's, uh, I loved Reyes. I, I mean, I love watching people, you know, steal bases like, like Acuna this year is just, I, to me it's just great but uh when you look at the uh, shortstops every, everyone in the hall of fame that's a shortstop is, is above him he's uh there's no one below him and uh he's 33rd on the list of of stolen bases so that's that's pretty high but uh to me not high enough so love him
0: but uh got to say no john yeah one of the most fun players to watch for sure just an electric talent uh, and he just loves seeing guys fly around the bases like that um uh, but he's not a Hall of famer yeah
2: I I agree with you um exciting to watch seem to love playing the game and uh but not a Hall of famer not a Hall of famer I don't I'm not even sure if he gets the five percent to stay on the ballot probably not you know he probably but Certainly, uh, I remember the year he won the batting title. Didn't like the way he won it on the very last day, but that's well. His...
1: And we 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 interviewed Scott Kingdon on on uh, Tony Gwynn and Tony Gwynn did the same thing, and nobody has a problem with that. So
2: that's the, that's true. <laughs> Good point.
1: Okay, boy, what you want to talk about?
2: PEDs. This is Alex Rodriguez, John. Let's start
0: with you. Well, based on what I said about Manny, I got I got to say yes to Arod. Rod um, again. You know, he was well same same logic. Obviously, PEDs is huge issue, um, but he was so good. I think it it overshadows all that. Just the numbers are you know mind boggling. Almost 700 home runs in his career, almost 2,100 RBI, <laughs> um, three time MVP. 10 times in the top 10 in MVP voting, you know, clearly the best shortstop in the game. And this is coming from a Nomar fan. So he was clearly the best shortstop in the game for quite a while. And then, you know, became a great third baseman with the Yankees. Should have been, we've talked about this, should have played shortstop for the Yankees. Yep, absolutely. The Jeter, Jeter was having none of it. Um, uh, And uh, <laughs> so, so to me, this is one of these, like, it, it's not a, he's he's he was so so good and clearly one of the greatest talents to ever play the sport based on my recent conversion to this point of
1: view um i i would put him in despite the pd yeah, yeah you know you're right Gita was the uh second best shortstop on the yankees when the A- A- was there <laughs> and nobody will know it but alex rodriguez what what are you gonna say i mean everything john says is correct uh but he has i i gotta be consistent uh He's a PD user, and, and, and more than once, and he was suspended a f- full season. I will say that he—he, he, you know, the Yankees—they—they they retired and they put uh, Andy Pettit in uh, in Monument Park. Meanwhile, A-Rod's the best third baseman the Yankees ever had, better than than Greg Nettles defensively, and, and you know, obviously with all those home runs and, and statistics, but they'll, they'll never—he'll never sniff Monument Park. Jeff, you're right, but. Remember, he
2: also was going to sue the Yankees. I don't know how yes. far he took that, you know, that they they he was accusing the Yankees. He was accusing Major League Baseball. He was suing yeah. them. I, I could see why the Yankees would be like, what, what the hell? We're not going to put you in in Monument Park. You're lucky we 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 speak to you. You know, I mean, that. <laughs> so
1: well, anyway. they painted, he was the, he was the best third baseman in their history and should have been the best shortstop in their history. But yeah, but it's enough for me just for the PED things. Doug? Yeah, you know how I feel about the PED stuff. But, um, you know, I, I
4: actually like Alex uh, as an announcer. I know uh, sometimes he's he's a little polarizing, but uh, I like him as an announcer better than uh, I did as a player. In my research, I also found, uh, it was in a Los Angeles Times article. I'm not sure you uh, any of you saw this. It was in September of uh, 23. He was giving... You know given immunity for the day or something like that and then he is as, as part of the the proceedings with the government and he you know what's the in prison what's the one person you hate the most it's a snitch and he he ratted out manny and ryan to the feds on the in the ped probe um and so <laughs> uh at least according to this article and etc so that to me that makes it even even worse uh uh, presuming it's true so I'm um, again i'm a no even though he's a fantastic player and didn't need to use it
2: so you're of the snitches get stitches but not <laughs> all fame nods
4: exactly that's very well put lynn thank you <laughs>
2: you're very welcome all right all right let's so we will move on now to um francisco rodriguez well what did you say lynn oh for manny uh for manny for a rod Yeah. You know what? I don't really like his appearances on Shark Tank, so I'm going to say no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are we even doing here? But guys? he dated
2: J-Lo, J- right? So there you go. I mean, it's a, you know, it's amazing. The guy, he he's definitely trying to 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 reform his image. And uh, but yeah, no, I can't I can't put him in. I just see I could put an Andy Pettit in, as I said before, because he he admitted He used it. He said, you know, even if he admitted, he used it, said, you know what? I was trying to be better, but he admitted it, but to have, you know, what a rod did and all these guys, they, I understand they, they, their first, the first instinct apparently is to lie is to deny, to lie, to try to cover it up. But it, it, it always comes back. So, um, I'm not, I'm not putting a rod in the hall of fame. All right. Uh, so, John, let's talk about Francisco Rodriguez.
0: Uh, going first on on him and even Billy Wagner, this is tough. Um, I think closers represent a very challenging position because they just didn't pitch very much. You know, very few innings, comparatively speaking. But he did have a nice long career, and he was obviously elite for a huge chunk of that career. Set a bunch of records at various points in his career, 62 saves and 2008, you know, mind boggling number. I I think the save stat is a little overrated. So I'm not, I'm not going to go too crazy over, but still 62 is incredible. No matter how you slice it, I'm going to go. No, I just, just because I think closer like DH, they just don't play enough. You have to be like otherworldly. And Mariano clearly you know, clearly fits that bill. I think, K-Rod, you'd be happy to have him as your closer. But one of my favorite all-time baseball moments is Manny taking him yard in the playoffs and just standing there with his hands raised high. So that was great. But I, I would vote no on K-Rod, though this is a close one for me. This is one that I could see myself reevaluating down the road. But today I'm going to say no.
2: All right, I'm going to go to Jeff on this, but we'll not forget about Doug this time. Jeff,
1: I am a, a no for for K. Rod. Um, just he had those couple of years where he was elite, you know, 62 saves, 47 saves, 45 saves. Uh, then at the end of his career, he he hit 40 again in 2015. I mean, I'm sorry, 2014 and 2016. I, I'm not a big fan of of relievers in a Hall of Fame. Uh, I know I'm going to get uh, a little smacked around a little later. I I am a uh, no for, for K Rod, Doug. Yeah, you know he's fourth overall in in
4: uh, saves, which is which is tremendous. But if if you compare him to the other, you know the very few relief pitchers that are in, he's uh, there. There's obviously five five ahead of him, but the the next six players are not in the Hall of Fame, including Papelbon and. And um, Nathan and stuff. So so I would have to say no. And in, in in addition to that, what do you have to be to to be in the Hall of Fame record, ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character and what you meant to the team? He fails the character and the integrity with the the uh, domestic abuse charges.
1: Yeah, he only punched out his father. More. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, I,
2: I was I actually was wondering if Jeff was going to bring that up because that happened right in the locker room in front of everyone, right? That was, yeah, that was a bad situation. All right, so so we're saying no to Francisco Rodriguez. Now, next on the list is Jimmy Rollins. John, let's start with you.
0: Man, I'm going first a lot here. Jimmy Rollins is a, is a good player, had a nice career, um, but does not stack up a guy a guy you'd love to have as your second baseman uh shortstop rather but not not a guy i would vote for the hall of fame
4: doug yeah in comparison to the other uh, 26 shortstops uh 23 are ahead only three are behind he's actually listed number 34 on the on the list so um great player um but i would i would say no jeff no for me all right no for jimmy rollins
2: uh, Doug, we're going to start you off. You're right, uh, John. You've been going first a lot, so we're
4: going to go to Doug. <laughs> Doug, you're leading off. Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. If you uh, look at uh, his his stats versus other, there's 15 above Hall of Famers, 12 below. So he's he's right in there in terms of consideration. So for a, for a right fielder, but uh, um, I again. Um, he was in the Mitchell report. Uh, he was associated with Balco and, uh, due to that, I would have to say no. Okay. Jeff,
1: this is his last year on the ballot. He played for 22 years. Really? No, did not establish any identity with any particular team. I mean, he mostly spent with, was Florida Marlins for uh, six years the Dodgers for four years, but other than that, it's, Three years with the Yankees, two years with the Braves, one year with the Mets, two years with the. He he bounced around the PDE thing. I know he has 500 home runs, but that might be a, a because of 22 years. Len, uh, I, I to me, I, I don't. I, I, he's not a Hall of Famer to me.
2: All right, John. Now you're going last. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, not unless you're you're going. Um, I, I, I,
0: I would say I would say no and. This isn't a um, a hypocritical vote based on Manny and A-Rod, because I just don't think Sheffield was quite at that level. Um, He was just below the level for me when I think of otherworldly player who was involved in PEDs. Obviously terrific, played a long time. And I got to say, as a Red Sox fan, there was nothing more fearful than in a big moment seeing him come to the plate. I just felt like he was going to crush one every single time he came up. And so definitely huge intimidation factor. The PEDs, without the PEDs, I would say it's a no brainer. He's in with them. I'd say now I have to do my evaluation, right? How how good was he? And I think he falls a little short of being so good that I just have to put him in even despite the PEDs. So I'd say no on Sheffield. Okay. So, I'm going to give my uh,
2: my two cents here. Um, he was in the Mitchell Report. I don't think he ever tested positive. 509 home runs, a two ninety-two batting average. The fact that he went around to different teams. Look, I, I don't know that Gary Sheffield's personality fit in with a lot of teams. Uh, from everything I remember, I don't want to say anything, but I just don't remember him as being the nicest player or whatever, but i actually say i would put him in i would put in gary sheffield boy am i a hypocrite
1: (laughs) the last uh the, the last time you can vote for him
2: yeah well i just know that i loved watching him play no matter what team he was with uh he was a great player i i would put him in but but i'm fine with him not being there either way so you know
4: it's 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 fine okay in his defense, he had said, you know, back in the early 2000s, that uh, when he was involved and associated with Balco, that because they provided him um, vitamins and he used a substance called the cream, but claimed he okay. didn't know that it was a steroid at the time. Hmm. Um, he thought it was a cortisone for surgical scars. I find that hard to believe since yeah. Bonds was is so associated with Balco. Yeah, I like your digging,
2: you know, Doug. I like that. You know what? I... I'm, now I don't even know with Doug's little tidbit there, uh, I'm going to I'm going to maybe I just don't submit a ballot. Well,
4: he admitted it. He admitted it. So uh, Oh, he did. Okay. He, he admitted he admitted yeah. it. So like yeah. can't it. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
4: what were you're sticking with your yes?
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't have a vote anyway, so it's good. All right. Let's go to James Shields and uh, start with Doug.
4: James Shields in comparison to to other players at he's 70 Hall of Famers above him, only one below him. So he was a good player, but I would actually have to say no on that. So, yeah. you know, he's his his win loss record is what? I think it's 145, 139, 22, 34 strikeouts, um, a whip of 1.272. So those those numbers just to me are not uh, Hall of Fame numbers. John. Yeah,
0: no, good pitcher. Love to have him on your rotation. Not a Hall right.
1: of Famer, Jeff. Great nickname, Big Game James. Not a okay. Hall of Famer. 140, 145 wins, one hundred thirty-nine losses. I know wins and losses don't mean much these days, but if over four ERA, uh, I, I don't, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Doug,
2: I, I'm going to ask you the, to start the next one, but before I do, I just a quick, quick barbecue question for you. Okay, if I'm I spatchcocked a chicken, right? So now, and I want to put in my instant read thermometer, you know, to monitor it. Am I putting it into the breast meat or the thigh? Is Which temperature do I want to come to 165 first? Is, am I putting the, it into the the white meat or the thigh or
4: the dark meat? Man, this is th- uh, this is coming from left field, associating it back to baseball. But uh, yeah, if you spash cock your chicken, you would want to put it into the breast because Thank when you, you cook a chicken, the you know the dark the dark meat can handle the higher temperature. So you can you could you don't really care. That could be one seventy five, one eighty. You want to concentrate on the temperature of the 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 breast, and you want to keep that you know one sixty five is FDA. But if it's at, at 160 for 14.7 seconds it's it kills all the bad stuff and and uh 155 for what like 48 seconds it kills all the bad stuff so you know cook it cook it to about one 155 and uh, hold it there for a minute and go off and eat it and have a juicy piece of chicken thank you I just I I
2: had that question somebody asked me and uh they were, what what better time to to put that in before we get to our next player absolutely which... we appreciate that call in. <laughs> <laughs> all right see we are that we're baseball and barbecue all right so the next guy is chase utley doug we're going to start with you
4: wow chase you know he's one of the ones you know we talked about uh you know a you being have an abundance of of, of good health etc you know uh chase with his knees and um he didn't uh play as much as 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 most of the players in in the hall of fame but uh he for 10 seasons he uh he averaged 21 homers 81 RBIs 3374 uh, on base percentage he just had superior numbers for a second baseman and i know for the hall of fame we always like to have seven but i saw some statistics all time for him for just 5 seasons and he ranked 1st, 1st, 2nd, 1st, 1st, 4th, 1st, 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 1st for second basemen's in, in terms of runs, hits, homers, RBIs, batting average, OBP, slugging, OPS, and war. That's just amazing. I mean, you could throw in a couple of you know mediocre uh, seasons. So I, I am going to say he's a six-time All-Star. I am going to say yes on Chase Utley. John.
0: Yeah, I am going to say yes on Chase Utley as well. Uh, in 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 my book, I argue um, that Pedro Martinez was the best pitcher ever because it, when I look at his peak, no, nobody ever nobody ever was better. Uh, not Koufax, not Gibson, nobody. And <clears throat> and obviously Pedro didn't have the the longevity, didn't throw the number of innings that some other guys did. So, did he have the the best career? No, but. Was anybody ever better than Pedro? No, I don't think Chase outley's the best second baseman ever. But his five year peak from two thousand and five to two thousand and nine, he was unquestionably one of the very best players on the planet. and and when so when I think of is this guy a great player, he definitely comes to mind. You know, obviously, he slowed down injuries, et cetera. But, man, for a, a good chunk of time, he was absolutely elite. That counts for something for me. So I would say yes on him. Jeff?
1: No way with Chase Utley in, in the whole thing. The guy's a dirty play. broke someone's leg in the, in the playoffs against the Mets. Come on. He took out our shortstop. He could have cost us the World Series. The guy's a dirty player, actually. The five years, that five year peak was a great five year, but I don't think five years is long enough for it to be considered for the Hall of Fame. I mean, he did lead the lead the league and hit by pitches, uh, and you wonder why. You got to question why on that. Five years, he was a great player, but five years for me does not make it until the uh, Hall of Fame. So I will be a no. And if Jeff Kent doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, why should Chase Upley?
2: I think Chase Utley should be in the Hall of Fame, and I think Jeff Kent should be in the Hall of Fame. They both should. I'm a yes on Chase Utley. All right.
1: right, let's. And you should forward. be ashamed of yourself as a Met fan. <laughs> I, I understand
2: that. Uh, you're still getting over the fact that we had a question for Doug on Barbecue. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, Chase, Chase Utley is actually right about the average of the 20 Hall of Famer uh, uh, second baseman in, in the Hall of Fame. So um I think he a- actually is rated high more highly than than Jeff Kent.
2: This one is where we're going to talk about whether defense, how much defense has a say in whether a player gets in. And that is Omar Vizquel. John, let's start with you on this.
0: I would say no on this scale. He great defensive player and an overall really, really good baseball player. I just think offense really does matter. And he just wasn't a very good offensive player. Um, 82 was his career OPS plus and defense is great. You, you got to factor in defense, but and, and at a premier position. So that, that matters also. So to me this isn't a no-brainer no, but I would still vote no on him.
4: Doug. Yeah, I I agree that uh you know his his offensive uh, statistics just aren't quite high enough if you look at you know because there's actually no hall of famers below him um from a rating of the the top shortstops um ever in the uh, uh for baseball. So and plus he had He's, you know, again, going to the character, he had the domestic violence as well as, you know, the the accusation when he was manager with the Bat Boy. So I would say no. Jeff?
1: Yeah, no for me either. I mean, great defensive player on, on par with uh, Ozzie Smith as a defensive player. But yeah, he just didn't, uh, doesn't have it, doesn't have all the other statistics and character to have him in the Hall of Fame. So that's a no for me.
2: I would put him in. I think I had a note from uh, last year that I would have put him in and you guys maybe talk me out of it, but I would put Omar Vizquel in the hall of fame. So we're split on that, right? We've got, oh do, no, man, just, I'm the, the only one.
0: one. Once again, I'm the lone wolf. and okay. You're on an, you're on an island out there with Omar Vizquel.
2: Yeah. All my own. Okay. Here's, here's one that might, well, this might start some controversy. I'm going to start with Jeff on this one because yeah. it's uh Billy Wagner, who is uh, a relief pitcher. So Jeff, go ahead.
1: Billy Wagner, he's on his ninth ballot. Last year, he got 68.1%. He is trending up. He's a relief pitcher, and we know how I feel about relief pitchers. But in this case, I am going against my conventional wisdom and going to put Billy Wagner into the Hall of Fame. And I know he's not on par with, with what's the name, number 42 of the Yankees. He is, who shall we name, nameless? Sandman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the other well, that was Billy Wagner's song, too. Oh, there you go. Has something hey, in common. That's right. And, and uh, Hoffman, who, uh, who who never came up big in big spots. But you have Lee Smith, Bruce Sutter, and Walla Fing is also in the Hall of Fame. And Billy Wagner, I, I think was better than them. He definitely had an elite strikeout to walk ratio. He struck out what 11, 11.9 players for nine innings. That is elite. He 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 was a, a shutdown reliever. And he was elite for uh, a good 10 year period. So I am, against my better judgment of believers in the Hall of Fame, I would vote for Billy Wagner.
2: Did you guys hear that thud? That was that was me falling off my chair. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to now, make sure I, now
0: wasn't I, wish I was involved. Yeah, now I wish I was involved in these conversations in years past because I'm now you know I don't have the, con- the historical context to understand this stunning revelation here.
2: <laughs> well, let's let's just say Jeff is not a fan of the the relief pitcher
1: in general. In general, because of what John said, I mean, they don't pitch a lot. They pitch, look, one inning every two two days. That, that's what they do. They don't pitch a hell a, a lot. So it's not like the old days where. Like I keep saying, Goose, gosh, you come in in the seventh inning with two men on and one out and the pitch the rest of the game. That's the, That doesn't happen. Now it's say, yeah, I got him a clean inning and uh, three out, 15 pitches later, he's out of the game. And that's it. It's uh, not the same game as, as you know, as obviously it's, it's changed. You know, relief pitches are, you know, you're going in the ninth inning up by three runs. You better win that game. Doug, I, I'm, this is fantastic. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to
4: have to agree with my cohort. Jeff on this one. So um I believe that Billy Wagner should be in the, the Hall of Fame. The 11.9 Ks per nine. He also has the lowest batting average. I think I forgot the number of innings, but it's 187 against him. Yeah. And he like has a whip. He's one of, I think, four or five players that has a whip below one. And that's even below the unnamed Yankee that uh, was mentioned earlier. So he is number six on the list of, of rated in terms of the hall hall of famers. And so for the position and the five above him are all in the hall of fame. So I would say yes.
2: John, before you go, I just want you, before you talk about Billy Wagner, you should know that if you say that the player that should remain nameless, if you say his name three times, (laughs) he will appear (laughs) and it's, (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, well, I have his autograph, so I would love to have him appear. That'd okay, nice. how much did you pay <laughs> <Yeah>. for that? <laughs> Nothing, you he, know. So here, he, he, he. So here's the story behind that. So it was 2006, and I had my son, who at the time was nine years old. We were at Fenway. We got great seats. You know where third base juts out at Fenway Park down the third base line. We we were sitting in the second row. It was before. I probably told you guys the story at one point. We we were. Uh, it was the, the the weekend of the five game Yankee Red Sox series in August. And this this particular night, there was a long rain delay, but we got there early enough to watch guys warm up. And um, and Rivera came walking down, and he was as generous as could be. He uh, was as kind as could be. Gave my kid an autograph when he really had to go. So I was uh, I was. Yeah, you know, I, I as a Red Sox fan, it's hard to say this, but he he is one of my all time favorite players. So <clears throat> I got nothing but love for that guy, especially because he gave up some key hits in 04. So I was happy about that. Oh anyway, well, yeah, right. a... there,
4: there is that. So that that kind of helps mend the fences. Guy guys, guys didn't you meet Mariano as well?
2: I I did. So oh, okay, I was I, right. I was gonna let I was gonna let John talk about Billy Wagner, but now that okay. you mentioned it. Yeah, I was at Yankee Stadium. It was Mariano, it was uh, Tino Martinez, and it was Paul Olden, their PA announcer. They were doing a, a function, and I had my picture taken with them, and I got to go into the dugout. Mariano threw to me. We were having a catch. The two of them, Tino and Mariano, called me barbecue guy. They couldn't have been any nicer, and obviously I know they were... You know, they got paid for or whatever their deal is to do that day, but just so nice. I mean, it was uh, it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, Len, Len, so, Len, who, Len, whose interview did you uh, get for the for the show? Well, who whose interview did you
2: get? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I said they were nice then. <laughs> their <laughs> their contract or whatever didn't require that they come on the show after, but. But yeah, I mean, Mariano crouched down like a catcher and was catching everybody and just whatever. Anyway, it was a great day. But uh, all right, let's let's talk about Billy Wagner, John.
0: Okay, yeah. What's your so, opinion? so I already told you how I feel about relievers, and um, but I would put him in. You know, he's a level above K Rod, um, who obviously saved a ton of games. But Wagner was just better, plain and simple, just better, better at keeping guys off base, better at striking guys out better at doing his job of getting people out. Um, He was utterly dominant for a long period of time. I know they don't pitch very much, but he was one of those rare guys that you just brought in, and it was pretty much game over. Um, He he wasn't a tightrope walker in the ninth inning, you know, like Lee Smith was, or even like Kenley Jansen is and has been. You know, it's like, man, he always seems to have guys on base. Usually gets out of it, but not without a lot of stress. But Wagner was usually pretty much nails. I would vote him in. I think he was a great 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 pitcher.
2: All right. I personally I could care less whether he gets in or not. It, he never Billy Wagner was never someone that evoked like a Mariano, like a Gossage, like a you know all the the relief pitchers that I just said wow. But based on his stats and based on the fact that Trevor Hoffman is in, I think you have to put Billy Wagner in the Hall of Fame. So All right. Believe it or not, we are at our last player on the ballot, and uh, I'm going to start with Doug with this one. Doug, it is David Wright.
4: Wow, I know there's going to be uh, uh, some love going his way from uh, from a couple of other people on the panel here, illustrious <laughs> panel tonight. But um, yeah, he was fantastic when healthy. He just didn't have the. The the or the the career longevity to uh, to get up there uh, with some of the greats uh, at his position. So looking at the other Hall of Famers, you know he's thirteen above, four four below. You know if he just would have been able to play longer, heck of a, a heck of a, a teammate and heck of a player. But um, I would just have to say no. Okay, John.
0: Yeah, very much in the uh could have what could have been category, right? Clearly an immensely talented guy. I remember, I remember when he broke in on the you know on the scene um when he was in his early twenties, this phenom uh great player, just couldn't hold up long enough to put together a Hall of Fame career, I don't think. Um, but loved watching him play. Great player, just falls short though.
1: Jeff. One hundred percent yes. And only saying that because I want him to stay on the ballot more years. I know that he's not going to get in. I know his career was cut short. I know he's gonna, his number is going to be retired at City Field and be put up on the roof with uh, other numbers. He was the, one of the best Mets ever to put on a uniform. And it's a shame because he was going to the Hall of Fame. I know he's not getting in, but I'm voting for him just because I want him to stay on the ballot.
2: Okay, well... I also agree that he is not a Hall of Famer, but this is one of the this is a situation where it because of injury and not his, it wasn't even this was a you know was spinal stenosis genetic? I'm not even sure, but certainly not something that happened to him on the field, I don't believe. And if he had put some more years together, and he was never a compiler, but if he had put some more years together. Absolutely, Hall of Famer, but not. And I understand what Jeff's saying, wanting to be on the ballot, but, and he might get, he might get the 5%. But to me, he's, he, it's not a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't put a, I would not put a check mark, an X on the box on the ballot. Jeff.
1: Okay. <laughs> you're a self hating Met fan. <laughs> <laughs> All I right.
0: Know, I guess
1: I,
2: this I gotta tell you, this is a lot of fun. And and I always say, I don't care who listens to this, I hope a lot of people do, but this this is entertaining for four people on here tonight. We have been entertained. I hope you guys have have enjoyed yourselves.
1: Well, Len, we have if the thirty five percent criteria is to be uh used here, we have six players going to the Hall of Fame, three of them unanimously. Now, that, unanimous would be El, uh, Beltre, Adrian Beltrade, Joe Maurer, and Billy Wagner. And also going in on our panel is Bobby Abreu, Todd Helton, and Chase Utley. So that so, is the baseball and BBQ ballot that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I object to that.
0: It means something for real. It just doesn't exactly, count. Exactly. How about that? <laughs>
2: So before we before we say goodbye to everyone, John, why don't you I, I at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that you were involved with other things. I know you just came out with a new book, a football related book, which uh, boy, if we could somehow have that like any way we could have directed that to have some kind of relation to baseball, we, we would have had you on to talk about the book. But we have you on now. So if you want to plug that book.
0: Slug whatever you want, and tell us what
2: you do um, besides writing books.
0: Well, thanks. I appreciate it, Len. Um, well, uh, so my my real job is I work with an organization called Athletes in Action, which is a, a interdenominational uh, sports ministry that works with college and pro athletes. Um, I specifically work at the University of Connecticut, so I work uh, as I'm the chaplain of the football team. This year was a struggle, but a great group of guys. Um, and uh, aside from working locally at UConn, I serve in the Northeast. So I'm the what's called the Northeast Regional Director. So I oversee our organization from New York State through the six New England states. And the good news is I think we get, we're get we getting something started at LIU Post, which means that I will be down on Long Island at some point this spring. And when Thanks. I when I am, I will let you guys know because I really want to see you guys. um. Absolutely. Yes. Um so that'll be fun. Um the uh the book called 53rd Man is about the guys just trying to to make it in the NFL, to carve out a career. Um one of the guys in that uh, in that book that I feature is a guy named Jeremy Davis who is a former Yukon football player who I knew when he was a student, played 6 years in the NFL. Great story. He's getting married this January out in San Diego, so I'm going to go out and Go to his wedding, which is really cool, but it's a really fun story about about guys and what their lives are like as they just try to scratch out a living. You know, we're not talking about the Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady's of the world. We're talking about the guys who get cut, get put on the practice squad. It's kind of like the Cup of Coffee book, but these guys are there for a little longer than a cup of coffee. But you know, they're the guys that nobody would ever pick on their fantasy team. <laughs> um, but there's some really great stories. So that book was a lot of fun to write as well. So thanks for giving me a chance to chat about it. Okay. What do they call it when they get called
4: up for the first time? Is there a something, you know, similar to a cup of coffee? Yeah, you know, they, like they
0: don't really have, they don't really have a term for it um in the NFL. Um it, it's it's such a different world than baseball. There's yeah. no real minor league. They yeah. have the practice squad, but guys just often just get flat out cut and they're gone. Um Yeah, I think a cup of is. if you said that to a football player, he probably would understand what you mean, but that's not the term that they would apply. Got it in that sport.
2: All right. And, and so John, how can people find you? How could people buy the book?
0: Give okay. Well, information. yeah, you can just look it up on Amazon. Of course, if you want to check out my website, you can probably you have to put it in the, uh, for people to understand how it's spelled, uh, put it in the, in the link to the, uh, to the program, but it's johnvampatella.com. And you can see some of my other projects that I've been working on. I'm in, in, I wouldn't say in the middle, I'm in the beginning stages of what I think is a super cool project about something totally unrelated to sports, but the teaser is this, it's about para-rescue jumpers in the Vietnam War, some pretty crazy stories of of, uh, their lives as they go to rescue down pilots in in Vietnam. So that's a project I'm working on. Uh, We'll see how long it takes me to write that, but there's always some great stuff to write about, so this will be fun.
2: Wow. That sounds awesome, and that book, your, your first book, of course. Um, tell tell everyone the name of that book again, because that was that was a great book.
0: The Forgotten Game. Yeah, the Forgotten that, Game. That, which... that yeah that that was a lot of fun, and obviously this is a baseball audience, so that was about uh, what I think is one of the great baseball games ever played, especially given the the context, the 2004 American League Championship Series, Red Sox Yankees game five. The reason I call it the Forgotten Game is. Everyone knows game four, that's the Dave Roberts steal, you know, beat Mariano. Um, Game six was the bloody sock with Schilling. Game seven, they finally overcame, you know, the Yankees and came back from 3-0 down. And kind of game five kind of gets lost in the mix, not for diehard Red Sox fans, but for the general baseball public, you kind of forget what did happen in game five. But I think it was the best game of the whole series one of the great games of all time. So I literally walk you through inning by inning batter by batter the game. And I don't know a dozen tangents that we go off on telling stories about the players. And uh, we talk baseball strategy, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast tonight, just, uh, I spent some time talking about Pedro Martinez and, and and get into a whole discussion on who's the greatest pitcher of all time. So there's something in there for the casual baseball fan and also the real analytics crowd, you know, the sabermetric crowd as well. So that was, since baseball is my first love when it comes to sports, that that book will always be special for me.
2: Nice, and uh, John, we're we're going to have Doug talk about what he's been up to. But uh, before we do, you have any barbecue questions for Doug? If not, it's okay. But you know, I don't want to be know, the only. One. I'm
0: not. I'm not a. I'm not a great cook when it, I cook Italian. I don't really cook barbecue. But all I can say is, when you guys were talking about this, I suddenly got really hungry so (laughs) so if i'm in texas doug i'll definitely want to look you up and uh we'll catch catch some chow together
4: no no problem there's that to me there's the the best barbecue joint in the state is about 45 minutes away from our house my house so yeah burnt
0: bean nice nice nice.
4: so doug you want to as we close
2: this out you want to
4: say what you've been up to how
0: people yeah
3: Sure,
4: sure. I'll be brief. Uh, you know, I actually just got back from uh, Salt Lake City, uh, Traeger headquarters. They moved into a new building, um, went to the Traeger uh, uh, employee holiday party. And then uh, and then two days later, I had to help cook a uh, brisket. 20 and uh, we cooked uh, 19 briskets and and fed about 300 people. And uh, CEO Jeremy was cutting the briskets. And then I put on a couple of demos and stuff. And so that was actually a, a lot of fun and catch me on the um Embedded correspondence of the barbecue central show. So Greg, that one's for you promoting the show. So, and uh, on, uh, on the socials, I'm roguecookers.com, uh, rogue uh cookers on Instagram, etc. Um, web page, yada, yada. So thank you for having me. And I very much enjoy this hall of fame uh, episode. So, and, and my five are six that the, uh, were the ones that got in amazingly enough. <laughs> and Jeff, <laughs> How do you want to close this one?
1: We thank everybody for talking about the Hall of Fame. It always great. It is always great debate that we talk about Hall of Fame. There's nothing, you know. It's just fun talk that you know. Where well, you can agree, you can disagree. You know, you all have your own opinions, and you know, it's just one of the great things about the baseball is talking about the baseball Hall of Fame and go to Cooperstown because it's a magical place, and I love every time I go.
2: All right. Well, thank you guys. This has been. A ton of fun. We we love doing this, and like Jeff said, it's just it's you know everybody has their opinions on. We had a little. We didn't really have much spirited debate because I think we're all in agreement on most of the things. We we love baseball. Thank you for joining us. Anybody listening to this that wants to give their opinions on these Hall of Famers, tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Whatever. Let us know. Thank you very much, guys.
1: So Leonard. We have six going into the Hall of Fame for our ballot.
2: (laughs) Yes, we do. And so, of course, that's what's going to be,
1: right? Of course. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Now, I am definitely disagreeing with one of our inductees because, you know, I did not vote for that person, Chase Utley, but everybody else did. So what am I going to
2: do? 75%. That's what you need. If you say Chase Utley is, if he doesn't get in this year, and he's on, uh, he gets enough votes to be on next year, you're n- you're not going to change your mind and vote him in, are you? Oh, I guess oh, you could. No. Do, well, you could do that. You could vote. I you can't just, do that. Well, I'll, I won't oh, do that. But I'll <laughs>
3: Yeah.
2: Well, it's I I have more issue with people taking them
1: off. Yes, yeah, I know. Then
2: then adding, but we've we said enough. You know. Yes, we do. All right, <laughs> Jeff. One other thing that I would say they should be in the hall of fame of products, the product, the baseball product hall of fame. That's a good hall of fame. And that's baseball, bbq.com.
1: Yes, definitely. Great products.
2: Yeah. And if you did not get what you want for the holidays, but you've got some spare cash lying around, go to baseball, bbq.com. Give them a try. You know, before you know it, Jeff, The warm weather will be here. I guess that's wishful thinking, but people will be getting out those grills. And uh, what are you going to do? Get the old, ugly spatulas and tongs and no, no, no. A nice new set with baseball bat handles. Go to BaseballBBQ.com. You're going to love it.
1: Absolutely. You know what, Len? We've had some female grill masters on our show. So, you know, it's just not for guys. Please, you know, you can get these for anybody. Great gifts. Men, women, children, they're going to love it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And you are a 100% right. Yes. It's just for that baseball lover in your life, that grill lover in your life. Definitely. Go to BaseballBBQ.com. Cutting board, shaped like home plate. All right. I think we said enough. They should be in the (laughs) Hall of Fame. And I want to just tell everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this very special episode as much as we enjoyed making it.
1: There you go again with the very special.
2: I I can't stop saying that. (laughs) It's like, it's yeah. We want to thank our guests, John Van Patella, Doug Shiding without them. This episode would have been a bore.
1: Yes. (laughs) Nothing personal, (laughs) Jeff, but come on. (laughs) No offense taken.
2: And, let everybody know we are brought to you by Bet Online. It is where the game starts. Jeff, we're not starting.
1: No, nope, we're leaving you with the musician.
2: That is Dave Dresser.
1: And the poet.
2: And that's Shel Krakowski. And the
1: song. Baseball always brings you home. We'll see you next week on episode number 220.